0: The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. The next stop on the Star City Games Open Series is coming up this weekend in Washington, D.C. On January 21st and 22nd, join hundreds of other players to battle it out in the standard legacy and draft opens and compete for the glory, the money, and the prestige of moving up the ranks in the SCG Players Club. With side events galore and live coverage courtesy of SCG Live, it'll be an action-packed weekend that you won't want to miss. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in D.C., and welcome to episode 93 of Yo! MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco, And I'm Big
1: Head Joe, and in utero just came out. Really? 93.
0: Oh, yeah, 1993. Was it? Was that, <laughs> that was, I guess, September 93, I think?
1: I think so, something like that.
0: Anyway, welcome to episode 93. <laughs> <laughs> now that our Nirvana segment is over. Um, <laughs> the, uh, we had a crazy crazy exciting weekend with two huge events um and i think it's kind of going to look like this for for most of the year now with all these added GPs and all these added Star City events um there's there's really going to be very few weekends that have nothing going on or no events going on um on top of all these cool events we have spoilers yes more spoilers it's the best um, time of year so. i told you there was going to be a sorin in this set
1: <laughs> oh, I guess I lost that bet.
0: Yeah, two no, more, uh, two no, more no games. More b- by b- the way, there was there was no bet. There was no bet. No. Yep. <laughs> oh, sorry. Westco West check. Westco check. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so uh, we're obviously gonna gonna talk spoilers. Uh, first, let's just go over the weekend because the the Grand Prix top eight was nuts. Uh, Conley Woods wins his first Grand Prix after top eighting multiple in the past uh with a black green glissa ramp deck uh this, this grand prix was standard which is pretty exciting uh, last week was it was a limited gp and we actually did not even mention it <laughs> 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 i guess that's how much we care about limited <laughs> um, but uh yeah that was uh that was last week so anyway uh, Conley wins He had to face off against Patrick Chapin in the finals Chapin rocking a Grixis control list You know I love Patrick You know I love Grixis control kind of stuff I was totally pulling for Patrick Because he still doesn't have a Grand Prix win And I, I really uh, I feel like Conley is like a, is kind of like the, the upstart rookie You know what I mean Even though Conley's been around for a couple years And Chapin's the veteran And Chapin still is just trying to get that, that Grand Prix win that he, he hasn't uh, been able to get and uh you know conley obviously has a bright bright future i mean he just he he made it to the finals of worlds and here he is a grand prix a month you know two months later a grand prix win uh so yeah black green glissa ramp which uh it was what conley was playing which is not a deck that we've really heard of yeah <laughs> it's uh it's essentially a Wolf Run ramp deck but he really uh, kind of skewed it black and green so he could play things like Grave Titan which uh, is pretty pretty good card. Um and uh he's got like he's got Glissa obviously in the deck which can recur his uh, his solemn simulacrums and uh I mean he's got a ratchet bomb main that he can recur with Glissa. Uh it's just one Glissa which is kind of funny that it's the namesake of the deck but uh obviously it's it's got basically the way I look at this, it's Wolf Run Ramp with the Conley Woods twist, right? Right. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. And, um, you know, I, I was rooting against it. Love Conley, but had to, uh, I, you know, had to root for Patrick in this one. Um, but Conley took it down three, uh, two games to zero. Like, he didn't uh, – Patrick didn't win a game. I, I don't know. It was hard to see what Patrick was drawing, but I felt like he was getting – Uh, it felt to me like he wasn't drawing very well or either that, or I think it was maybe more that Conley just had so many bombs. It seemed like every time Patrick, Patrick cleared the board with like a life finale at one point in the finals and Conley like follows it up with just another bomb, you know, like grave Titan or something. I I don't even know if it was grave Titan that time. I think it might've been like, uh, uh, Garrick primal hunter, but Chapin was tapped out. So it's just like, Oh, I just dealt with all these bombs that's and now how, you're just gonna kill me, you know?
1: Yeah, it's how playing against any variety of Wolf Run deck feels.
0: Right, exactly.
1: exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, really? More bombs? Leave me alone. Um, yeah. Interesting fact about this top eight: mm-hmm. everyone two would their match. Hmm. In the entire, the no, not a single match in the entire top eight playoff uh, went to game
0: three. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's I didn't notice that. That's crazy on the other side chapin as i mentioned playing a grixis control list which uh, it's hard to say it's a stock grixis control list because grixis really i mean it's been peeking its head up you know into into the top 16s into the top 8s a couple times but it's not really there isn't really a stock grixis list it's kind of uh all the you know a, a collection of some of the best You basically take a a, a, all the best blue, black, and red control cards, put them in a pot, stir it up, and take out a scoop. And that's what you know. That's what I've got, and I'll give you a scoop. And you may have more carrots than I have, but you know, like it's it's very uh, it's pretty much all the same group of cards in like different numbers a little bit, right? Um, Patrick obviously rocking the Olivia Valderran, which uh, you know he you know he loves that. He's got an Inferno Titan and two Snapcaster Mages. That's all his creatures, uh, unless you want to count Batterskull, which you can. Um, I would count it. Yeah, I mean it. it, It's pretty much a creature, but it doesn't fall into that category when you're, uh, you know, officially into that category. Um, He's got. Here's something interesting. He's got two main main deck Curse of Death sold, which I think is uh, you know something that's been kind of talked about a lot recently and obviously it's really good with all these delver lists running around and just all these kind of tiny creatures. Um mm-hmm. he's also got a main deck toren Markov.
1: Yeah, all that. That's amazing. He's awesome.
0: He's got two whip flares which we haven't really seen much of. Whip flare obviously uh or maybe not so obviously. It's just pyroclasm except it doesn't hit artifact creatures. Right. Um and uh it just seems like uh he's got a devil's play main as another finisher. Four Desperate Ravings. Uh, It seems like a really cool list. I think the formats... Well, looking at these two decks, I'm, like, excited about the format. But then when you look at the rest... Yeah. (laughs) It's like, um, you know, Delver, Delver, Delver. Humans, Delver. (laughs) Like, another Wolf Run Ramp deck. You know, a more stock one. Uh, It's kind of... I'm not sure. Are things getting stale or not? I mean, it's... Here's perfect evidence that things aren't stale enough, uh, because two kind of brew, two brews made it to the top, two tables made it to the finals. Uh, Conley obviously just putting a twist on Wolf Run Ramp, but it's a big enough twist to make it a, a kind of a different, v- very different feel of a deck. Yeah. Um, and Chapin, I think Chapin, it's hard to say that. Uh, this isn't a brew because it's pretty much... He's the one that started the Grixis train in Standard, I think, uh, as far as doing well with it at Worlds. And he's just pretty much been building around his... around that same kind of strategy now for the last two months. Um, But that's crazy exciting, I think. Uh, Before we move on, we'll just say that the whole top eight, Conley Woods, obviously, the winner over Patrick Chapin in the finals, Paulo Vitor Domita Rosa, Stephen Mann, Javier Adorno... Gabri Neves Ortiz, and uh, Ben Friedman, local guy Ben Friedman, Star City Games Open Series uh, stalwart, up-and-comer. Ben Friedman um, with his, his first GP top eight. Very cool. Uh, very excited to see Ben up there.
1: Very excited. It's so awesome.
0: Was he the youngest player in the top eight? I think he was. He 18. He's
1: probably the youngest player in most top eights. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: is he's uh he's been playing for a while though. It's kinda crazy. He yeah, yeah, I know.
1: It's, it's nuts. Just, he
0: was so young. Uh we've definitely mentioned him before on the show. So congratulations to Ben for that. Uh, um,
1: I guess uh and I guess Paulo won the uh, Laboratory Maniac Leveler uh mirror match.
0: Yeah, he must have.
1: In the quarterfinals against Ochoa.
0: Yeah. Must the Channel Fireball deck. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what was it uh laboratory maniac leveler channel fireball excellente
0: yeah that was the deck name i think yeah but unfortunately we didn't see that one in the finals
1: <laughs> yep too bad so, yeah
0: <clears throat> um moving on to the other event of the weekend the star city games open series was in los angeles and what came out on top in standard joe Mono Red. pretty crazy i mean weren't we just saying that last week it it is not you know it doesn't show up and then while people aren't prepared for it then it pops up there were two in the top eight
1: yep. <clears throat> yeah very exciting um I, i've been i've been messing with more of a uh a standard goblins variant i think more to just kind of break up my own monotony you know i, I feel like there's standard gets really monotonous sometimes yeah and like uh so I've I've been changing around mono red and actually it's pretty explosive. But let's I mean this mono red deck here actually runs a sort of war and peace, which is neat.
0: Yeah, Daniel Choi, congratulations to him for uh, for taking taking down the event there. Um, yeah, one sort of war and peace. That's the only real odd card I see. Uh, Hero of Ridge kind of fell out of favor for a while, but he's got two in the main.
1: Three mutagenic growth.
0: Yeah, that's interesting too. Just a little bit of a pump, I guess, or or. Uh protection from opposing burn spells maybe he's yeah. figuring gut shots are pretty uh mm-hmm. pretty heavily played I mean he's got four main
1: right no it's pretty smart I like that yeah um
0: and obviously in a deck that wants to do so much damage it doesn't hurt to you know kind of just have an extra two uh extra two power occasionally I mean it kind of works as a shock in a way he's got he's also got spike shot elder in here which is cool because he can just uh he can pump the spike shot elder and and use it to, you know, to deal it, use the Spike Shot Elder ability to deal damage.
1: To deal three, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm actually cool. thinking about that too now, considering I play a deck with like three to four Spike Shot Elders. Um,
0: yeah, how <laughs> Do you just like Spike Shot Elder that much? Do you just want to draw it every game?
1: I want one drops. Like, I want yeah, okay, one, it's just one, one drops, more. so I can drop a Goblin Chieftain and oh. know, swing.
0: Yeah, I forgot you're playing the Goblins variant. That goblins. actually makes a lot of sense.
1: So I go turn one, Spike Shot, turn two, War Driver, turn three, Chieftain, Swing for nine.
0: Yeah, that's pretty sick.
1: You know, that Sounds so, like goblins. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, like I was saying, I'm really glad we're going to get a kind of shot in the arm for the format from Dark Ascension, because looking yeah. at this, the top 16 here, uh, <laughs> we got Mono Red, then we go Blue White Humans, Blue White Delver, Blue White Delver... Tempered Steel, Mono Red, Rug Run, which is Wolf Run, obviously with a little splash of blue, Green White Humans, Blue White Delver, Blue White Delver, Blue White Delver, Blue White Delver, Pure Steel Tesserite, Blue White Delver, Blue White Illusions, which is Blue White Delver pretty much, Uh, and Blue White Delver rounding out the top 16. (laughs) So it's starting to look like Callblade all over again, although nowhere near as, uh, I don't think the deck is anywhere near as strong as Callblade, but as far as... Wow, this is – that's how many – I mean if you count Illusions as a Delver list, which it really is, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine Delver lists in the top 16. And that's if you aren't counting the, the two – well, no, I'm sorry. There's just one blue-white humans list, which isn't – it's not a Delver list I guess, but it's, it's a similar style kind of deck. You right. Know? Um, and then Tempered Steel is like, forget blue, we'll just play artifacts. And then, it's, I mean, look at this. If you just go. You know, the top eight is entirely aggro decks besides the one uh, Wolf Run deck. It's right. all like. Yeah.
1: And, and they're all like blue white based, or white based at least, white based aggro.
0: Yeah, except for the um, mono red. Right. Yeah, so uh, we've got Dark Ascension coming up, so I really can't wait to see how how the format changes. Before we get to that, just quickly run down the legacy results. So just like I was saying last week uh, about those punishing fire uh in the in the Maverick decks, John Kasari takes down the legacy open with punishing Maverick. Um also in the top 8 there were uh, there was another punishing Maverick list, a regular Maverick list, two reanimators, um a dredge deck. A rug tempo deck and uh, a blue white stone blade deck. So, and and just uh, in ninth place looks like another punishing maverick deck. So kind of uh, you've seen that deck pop up just like I thought, just like I mentioned last week. I thought it would show up a lot more. Um, I know uh, we were talking about you know the lack of combo decks last week. Yeah, look at there's a eureka deck.
1: Yeah, I just opened this. There's not...
0: a Belcher deck in the top 16. Um, and then, you know, Dredge is a, is pretty much a combo deck. Reanimator, we said all this last week, but there's you know, they're still there. Um, I want to look at this Eureka list, which is not something you see very often. Runs two Nico Bolas. <laughs> like Nico Bolas. Planeswalker. Yeah, Planeswalker, right. Yeah, Eureka is... Uh, I remember that card from back when it was only a couple years old. Um, That's
1: so funny. You just
0: basically just sit there and keep putting cards into play. Starting with you, each player may put a permanent card from his or her hand onto the battlefield. Repeat this process until no one puts a card in the battlefield. So it's it's awesome because – well, it's just so exciting because you just sit there and just keep putting stuff into play. And I guess you alternate, but if one person just decides they don't want to, they don't have to, but you can still do it. Right. It's just basically put as much into play as you want. Right. Uh for, for all players. It's just nuts. And of course this guy's got two Blightsteel Colossus, two Angel of Despair, four Emrakul, four Progenitus, two Nicol Bolas. Um that's it. Planeswalker. Yeah, Nicol Bolas Planeswalker. But that's all. I mean, what is that? One, ten, twelve, only fourteen absolutely bonkers, bombs.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like the angel of despair there in case his opponent puts out some kind of, um, something pretty ridiculous. He just holds the angel of despair back until it's, you know, the last card and then goes, all right, I'll destroy whatever, whatever one card you had that may be ridiculous, you know, it yeah. may be a problem. I mean, which could just be like Jace, the mind sculptor, right? Right. Somebody could just, cause how many people are running, this kind of uh, these kind of cards even in their deck, and if they are, a lot of times they're just one of's you know natural order plays maybe one progenitus. Uh, so l- it's likely that they're gonna be dropping cards like maybe Tarmor boy or Knight of the Reliquary or you know Jace the Mind Sculptor or something. But uh, just in case they drop something huge, like if you're playing against a Reanimator opponent who happens to have Something like you know, Blazing Archon or whatever in his hand. Uh, right. You know, you can get rid of that with Angel of Despair.
1: Yeah, well, they were doing the same thing back with with the Hypergenesis decks and extended. Yeah, Orion, Eureka, Eureka is Despair. basic.
0: Yeah, I'm just Eureka is Hypergenesis. That's, I couldn't think. I was like, "There's a new card that is Eureka." I can't remember what it is.
1: But Hyper but Hypergenesis doesn't allow you to play Planeswalkers, I don't think.
0: Let's find out.
1: Isn't it just artifact, creature, enchantment, or land?
0: Um, I think, are you thinking of, uh, are you thinking of show and tell? Oh, you're uh, right though. No, no, you're right. It is artifact creature enchantment or land.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: When I looked at Eureka, I was thinking of show and tell because show and tell doesn't say Planeswalker either, but right. But Eureka actually says permanent. permanent.
1: Permanent. Right. So, uh, another interesting deck in the, uh, in the top 16 is team America, played by Alex Gellerman and you know how they always call the, um,
0: the, the bug, the bug lists,
1: bug control. This is team America because it's red, white, and blue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, serious. It's right. got a, I'm looking at it. You no, know, at
1: first when I saw that, I just read it. I was like, I oh, got team America. Then I looked clicked and I was like, wait a minute, grim lava mancer snapcaster, mage and stoneforge mystic are the creatures. Uh, and two Vendillion clicks. Yeah. Uh, Lightning bolts, spell snare, swords of plowshares, gt Jace. This is a neat deck.
0: <laughs> it's definitely a neat deck. It's very misleading. Uh, I know, deck right? Name. Like, did he? Did Alex call it Team America? Which seems more likely? Because I would think that whoever was on the uh, coverage side at the event looked at this list and didn't go, "Uh, Team America." You know, <laughs> they they probably looked at it and went, "You know, red, white, blue control." But since it had a name. They called it Team America. I kind of, I kind of feel like they should have mentioned that. Maybe they should have called it like Team America, in parentheses, like RWU Control or something like that. I don't know. I like the
1: fact that it's called Team America on here because, like, I don't like the like the uniformity of naming decks these days. You know what I mean? Like, so I kind of like the fact that this is Team America, even though it's not. What we think of when we think of team America in legacy, you know
0: yeah, like, but I, I just, think for for the sake of you know informational purposes if i i didn't see that you clicked it and you noticed it, I thought it was team America, you know green, black, blue team America, the team America that we know as team america as as inappropriate as that name may be for that deck, or at least as far as uh you know when when we think of. Names being so – a deck with the name America in the title usually means it's red, white, and blue. Um, I, I think it's important for the information to be accurate, you know, for the information to come across correctly. So they, I, I don't think you should call the deck Team America just because it's red, white, blue. I think you need to somehow differentiate uh, at least on the coverage page. Just put it in a parentheses. Sure, the deck's name is Team America, but put on there like, hey, it's red, white, blue control. Some, right, because you're 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 misleading people. You just just misled me, and if you hadn't clicked on it, I'm sure you weren't thinking that.
1: You know? Nope, not exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, I think that's kind of important. I mean, I could show up with a deck and just call it Callblade, and it could be mono black control. But you know, right. I'm just call, I'm calling it Callblade. Why? Oh, no all reason. the time. I, I I I think
1: I called one of my decks that I ran in a tournament. I can't remember what tournament, but I called it mono white slivers.
0: Yeah, so I mean, if you had, what would happen if you had uh, had top eighted or top sixteen with that deck? And God, I
1: hope they would have called it mono white slivers.
0: Right, you, because it's a funny joke. And then, but the the thing there though is mono white slivers isn't really an archetype, so people at least would have clicked on it and went, "What? Is, somebody's playing mono white. This isn't mono white slivers. It's just Jund. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, and then they'd think somebody got the name wrong. <laughs> they think what is going on here? Someone typed in Mono White slivers. They wouldn't even get that it was you. Right? At least I, I think, I'm thinking from my own perspective.
1: I think I've definitely like registered decks as Wooberg aggro combo control.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I believe it. I'm sure there's cr- all kinds of crazy deck names, but it seems that the people who put so much thought into the deck names don't make top 16. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's legacy. Hey, shut up. <laughs> that's legacy. That's uh, legacy. I'd still, it's you know a wide open format as always. Um, although it does look like Reanimator's got a pretty good foothold as a uh, staple now. I mean, think back over the summer. Reanimator was like, you know, just people kind of whispering in the corners, like, yeah, Jinkataxi has Reanimator. You know, maybe this will work right it it, and now it's become a a staple
1: Um, it's an awesome deck i love it i want to play it
0: yeah well there is a a new new card in dark ascension that may have an effect on uh uh, on legacy metagame transitions so there's a lot of stuff that has a lot since our last episode um I'm using the Star City Games Facebook album, which actually seems to have things in a roughly uh, order of the way they came out. If you want to use that, Joe, I can I can send you the link so we can be on the same page, literally. Yep, got it. Okay. So the, the we, and I don't think we're going to go over all of these because there were a lot and some are just fairly vanilla. So Jar of Eyeballs is a rare artifact for three mana. Whenever a creature you control dies, put two eyeball counters on Jar of Eyeballs. So, like, when they die, you pop out their eyeballs and put them in a jar. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Uh, Tap three and tap it. Remove all eyeball counters from jar of eyeballs. Look at the top X cards of your library where X is the number of eyeball counters removed this way. Put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So, uh... Pretty sick. I think it's. I think it's cool. Like it's not immediately like wow ridiculous, but I think. I mean, people were playing Shrine of Piercing Vision in the uh, in the Twin Combo decks back in Standard when uh, Splinter Twin was legal, right? And uh, this is kind of similar. Um, it's interesting with Undying creatures because they die twice and you get four eyeballs out of them somehow. <laughs> <laughs> when the undying creatures come back, they grow back a pair of eyes, apparently. I'm back
1: and I got my eyes back. Ah, uh, my eyes are gone again. Yeah.
0: So uh, apparently that's that's what happens. They they their eyes just regenerate. Um. But that's uh, it, it's kind of cool how it works with the undying creatures because you do get that many cards off of you get to look that that many cards deep just off of one creature. Um, yeah. I mean one undying creature kind of equals impulse, right right uh which is pretty awesome um so and and this you don't sacrifice this that's another thing this this sticks around you don't like sack the jar and and oh wow,
1: you just dump the jar out,
0: yeah, exactly, you just dump it out it's, it's exactly what happens you don't just pick eyeballs out of it you have to you have to eat them all, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's all or nothing, but you don't have to sacrifice it, so you get to. Do it again. You know you can do it.
1: They even notice that
0: every couple turns. You know, you have an undying creature dies twice. Impulse. You know, get something and then do it again. I, it seems like it could be pretty fairly strong. Although I, I'm a little bit hesitant regarding like the the activation costs. You know, it, costing three is fine, but paying three to to do it and you have to get the the counters onto it.
1: Uh, seems like a lot of work.
0: Yeah. Just to get like, a card, but it is—I mean, it's kind of pretty awesome. I mean, it, I mean, I think about like Forbidden Alchemy, which kind of does that as well. You know, looks four cards deep, but you lose the other three; these go, just go on the bottom of your library with of eyeballs.
1: Well, you don't really lose them if you're playing something like Burial Rights. You know what I mean? That's true,
0: right? If you build around Forbidden Alchemy, which plenty of people have, right, it's actually kind of an advantage
1: you can use this as a resource although you could use this in combination this is like really digging here you could uh, use
0: <laughs> really digging it sounds like Go
1: ahead. Yeah, well actually really digging because you could use this in combination with the graveyard shovel <laughs> isn't that right
0: <laughs> what you put put creatures on the bottom of your library and then remove them to make zombies yeah <laughs> Wow, when I said digging, I thought you were going to say using for. So oh, wait a
1: minute, Hold on. graveyard shovel doesn't isn't the right card. I I don't know which card it is. You know what I'm talking about. I though. thought it was
0: oh, oh cellar door.
1: Cellar door, we're, thank you. We're Sorry. both
0: thinking of the same card and and uh, saying it's the same. wrong name. Yeah. yeah, graveyard shovel is target player exiles a card from his or her graveyard. If it's a creature, you gain two life. Right. So we're thinking cellar door. Yeah. So. Jar of Eyeballs, cellar door combo deck. Is that worth? That yeah,
1: that's the new. That's the new standard tech. That's this is that's basically the face like the shape of standard.
0: Right. Uh, so so what you do, you have you only need one creature, right? Because once it 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 die- well, actually you need more creatures in your deck, I guess to re- remove. So you have a creature, it dies. You use Jar of Eyeballs. You look too deep. Put a creature on the bottom remove it with Salador, and get another creature, which when that dies, you get two more eyeballs, and you can keep doing it over and over, and over again. You just need a whole lot of mana. And, a, whole
1: uh, lot of mana and a and a whole lot of not letting your opponent do anything in the meantime.
0: Right, and, and in the end, like what you do, you build this, you set up a situation where you will have a 2-2 in play at any given point in time. Right. You guarantee yourself to have a 2-2. Like right. That's, that's pretty strong.
1: Yeah, you're like a full-time ballerina.
0: Yeah, ballerina combo.
1: Guarantee yourself to have a 2-2. <laughs> um,
0: so let's move on. Look at Ghoul Tree.
1: I know this card's cool. Think about this with Boneyard Worm. Like I'm smelling a uh, a, a deck. You know, like Boneyard Worm gets pumped because of creatures in your graveyard, and then Ghoul Tree costs uh, less for each creature in your graveyard. I'll actually read the whole card. Um, it's a green and seven. It's a Zombie Tree Folk. Uh it's a rare, it's a ten ten, and it costs one less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. So if you have seven creatures in your graveyard, this guy costs one green, he's a ten ten.
0: Yeah, that's uh it's like the, gender new, isn't really the new tarmagliph.
1: What? I said his gender isn't really specified on the card, but
0: Yeah, unfortunately. I'm assuming <laughs> Yeah Um the tar- the tree's gender.
1: Ghoul Tree is the new Tarmagoy if you can uh, get your pre-orders now for $99.99 a piece. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's, uh, it's actually an intro pack rare, too.
1: Oh, is it? So it's, yeah. is, it, is it the foil rare, or is it...
0: Um, I don't know, it just says, uh, Evan has it listed here as the intro pack rare. So, it, I, I think it's probably the foil, because that's probably how he knows it, since it's right in front. We haven't really seen... The intro packs, thing, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, that's We've only similar. seen the front, so we only know one card from each intro pack, so I'm guessing this is the foil. So there you so, go, new foil Tarmogoyf. Look at that. There we go. Uh, so now
1: you can buy Tarmogoyfs for twenty nine ninety nine. Foil ones. Misinformation. That's what this episode should be called.
0: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so ghoul-, ghoul Tree, though, it's it's like the Green blasphem- uh, Blasphemous Act, right? Like his blas blasphemous act was the one that deals what thirteen to each creature, but it costs eight and a red, and but it costs one right. less for each creature in play. Right. So I wonder if there's is, if this is going to be a full cycle, or uh, or what? Like it, obviously we've only seen two, but it would be kind of neat to see some other uh, interesting cards in the cycle. How Damn, about how about plus- a, a blue and and eight. Uh, instant draw five cards. It costs one less to play for each card in the graveyard. All right. Wow. (laughs) I want that. Each card in all graveyards counts both.
1: (laughs) 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 And this is why Joey doesn't design magic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, on that similar kind of, uh, kind of, Thought process. We have Secrets of the Dead, which I think could be could be kind of – could be really good.
1: Yeah, actually, yes.
0: It's an enchantment for a blue and two. It's an uncommon. Whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, draw a card. I mean how – already, you know, you have uh, – you basically make like Snapcaster Mage a cantrip. Not that you're casting him from your graveyard, but you're always giving something flashback. And it, you don't have to pay extra to draw a card. You're assume, uh, I assume when you say Snapcaster, a Mana Leak, you have the mana to pay for the Mana Leak, and at that point you draw a card because of Secrets of the Dead. Um, I don't think it just plops in any deck that has Snapcaster Mage, but I think there is going to be a flashback deck. Uh, sure. There, if there, if, I mean, there kind of is already. We talked about it last week with Burning Vengeance. This goes right into the Burning Vengeance deck, right? Like Grixis Burning Vengeance, you can play things like Secrets of the Dead, Burning Vengeance, um what was the uh the zombie that we talked about last week? I already forgot his name. The black one drop zombie that comes back if you have a zombie.
1: Uh
0: that, It wasn't that.
1: <laughs> oh, I was hoping that you would just
0: a <laughs> Grave Crawler. <Grave-crawler. laughs> you can really build an engine with that. That's kind of scary. You know what I mean? I'm drawing a card. Think about I mean, here's We talked about how uh, with Burning Vengeance, people compared it to Astral Slide. There was Astral Slide and Lightning Rift, which was like when you cycle a card, you get to do two damage with with Lightning Rift. Or uh, with Astral Slide, you'd get permanence out of play, and then they'd come back at the end of turn. Um, This kind of adds to that sort of comparison with Burning Vengeance, where you're like, I'll cast this card with a spell with flashback from my graveyard – Um, two to you from Burning Vengeance, and I draw a card. It's kind of like the cycling aspect of it. Now, obviously, it's not as good. You're not getting... You're not putting permanence, You're not moving permanence out of play. But it does seem like it's kind of working towards a similar idea where you're casting flashback spells and drawing a card and doing damage. Yeah. You kind of just keep things rolling there.
1: Grave Crawler with Secrets of the Dead seems pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, can I uh, can I mention a card real quick? Yeah, go for it. Um, I was close. Um, remember what I guessed mm-hmm. that uh, the elder, elder to be. Yeah. yeah,
0: you 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 like thought villager. the what was it? Lambhold elder. The Lambhold? lamb
1: Elver, elder. I was saying it was gonna flip, and it was gonna tap to add two green, like like um, Findhorn elder. Right. And. Joey's so like, why would a why would a werewolf flip to add two greens? So Wait, No, no,
0: phil- no! I didn't say that at all. I said that card sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Because you said it costs. Because we knew it cost a, a, a green and two, which is already what Finhorn Elder costs. Right. But it has to flip to become <laughs> Finhorn Elder. It's like a anyway, worse Elder. Anyway,
1: I I got the mechanic like the mechanic right. You know, like.
0: Well, go ahead and talk. Different
1: card, Scorned Villager is a green and one. It's a human werewolf, common, one one. Tap to add a green at the beginning of each upkeep, et cetera. Et cetera transforms into moon scarred werewolf it's a 2-2 vigilance tap to add 2 green deer mana pool so actually there is a card that functions that way it just wasn't the card we were or I was uh predicting
0: yeah and it kind of makes a little more sense that it would only cost 2 you know that, oh. and then flip into something that adds two.
1: a lot more sense yeah
0: I love the uh the the flavor of this card that you have basically little red riding hood on the front and then she turns into the big bad wolf
1: Oh wow. I just <laughs> that that's amazing.
0: I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it I, if they weren't, uh, it kind of comes across really strongly that way considering there's a girl in a red riding hood on the front <laughs> who turns into a wolf. Right. So I hope that's what they were going for with that.
1: Um I I like the fact that uh the flavor text on this card continues under the under the other yeah. side. Like, so on the front it says, my village's fear drove me into the wild. And then on the back it says, and I will bring the fury of the wild back into my village. Yeah. This is cool. I like the way they did that.
0: I really wish it said something about Grandma's house. That would have been awesome. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, Here's a card that I think is actually very good. It's going to be very good in standard. Falcon Wrath Aristocrat.
0: Yeah. Um, It's it's Giant Salifuge.
1: This is a really good card. Um It's a red, a black, and two. It's a vampire. It's a mythic rare. It's a 4-1 flying haste. So that seems pretty good, but then you're like, oh, man, Gutshot's just going to kill this card, and it sucks, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But it also has Sacrifice a Creature. Fulkenrath Aristocrat is indestructible this turn, which is already great. yeah so it doesn 't have to be it doesn 't have to be any sort of it could be any creature and the card 's indestructible so in response to a burn spell sacrifice creature indestructible now, if the sacrificed creature was a human, put a plus one plus one counter on Falcon wrath aristocrat so you could even you could sacrifice many humans to this at once you know and pump it um, or you can just save it to protect it you know and it 's just really strong pretty much going to hit for four when it drops. Um, Just an awesome card.
0: It's very much like Giant Solifuge. Giant Solifuge was a a a red-a-green, or it was actually hybrid red-green. So red-green, red-green, two, for, I believe, a 4-2 Trample Haste Shroud. Now I need to look it up, because now I'm doubting myself. I think uh, that's right. (laughs) Um, I think it was 4-1. That's what I said. Didn't I say 4-1? I
1: thought you said 4-2, but...
0: Um, yeah, so it was it was Trample, Haste. Can't be the target of spells or abilities. Sorry, that's Shroud. Um, <laughs> but it is a 4-1. So instead of flying, it had Trample. I think flying is arguably better. Way better. Uh, and on top of it, it's got that extra ability. It's, it's kind of neat, you know, the way they're pushing these creature decks to being like... Human decks that want to kill humans. You know, right. you don't put this really in a vampire deck. I mean, I guess you could. It's it's not bad in a vampire deck, but we're, are there really? There's really not as many bonuses. I don't feel like for vampires as there were back. You know, in standard, a few months ago before Innistrad. Uh, but the vampires feeding on humans. There's a lot of that, which is awesome. Like flavor-wise, like uh, it's just. Kind of crazy how you're going to just want to build these decks that have a lot of humans to get these bonuses. And what was that demon that we were talking about last week? That uh, the new Lord of the Pit, right? You it know, it, it also wants stuff. that. Yeah, it also yeah. What is it called? The uh, ravenous demon. Sacrifice a human to transform it, and then uh, becomes the archdemon of greed, which you need to sacrifice a human, or it is going to kill you. So that's not even a vampire. But again, you it's like you want to build this humans deck and then play these ridiculous bombs that uh that get bonuses off of the humans. So yeah, that's really cool. So let's uh let's talk about the big bad Sauron Lord of Innistrad. He's I figured you want to talk about him. You read him. Okay. Well, he he's a planeswalker. Obviously, we we knew this was coming. We knew Sauron was coming. Uh yeah. at least I did. Joe uh Joe you know, argued with me.
1: Yeah, no way. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> so I still I still think this might be fake.
0: Yeah, it's probably fake. It was, it was it's fake. Yeah, so anyway, it's uh, not fake. Uh, it's a Planeswalker for a black, white, and two. Mythic rare, of course. Planeswalker Soren has three loyalty when it comes into play. And uh, plus one, put a plus one... I'm sorry. Plus one, put a one-one black vampire creature token with lifelink onto the battlefield. Too bad it's not a human, because that would be a nice way to make some humans. <laughs> yeah. Um, minus two, you get an emblem with creatures you control, get plus one, plus zero. So emblem... Right off the bat, possible with a Sorin. Uh And not only that, but he sticks around. It's not his ultimate. Right. Uh, his ultimate is a minus six. Destroy up to three target creatures and or other Planeswalkers. Return each card put into a graveyard this way to the battlefield under your control. That's a sick ultimate. Yes. Although it it's- does require them to have creatures or Planeswalkers <laughs> for you to... Uh, to return. Unless you want to destroy your own stuff. Just to, like if you have Titans or other planeswalkers that are low on loyalty and you wanna you know, boost them, you can actually do that. You can't uh, that's what's interesting, he says it says other planeswalkers, so you can't target Soren and just get him back.
1: That would be great.
0: Yeah, it would, but uh that doesn't work. Right. Um but his first ability, he's a forecasting cost uh planeswalker that puts a one one into play with his plus one ability, which is very Elspeth like Elspeth, uh, Knight Errant, the original yes. Elspeth, which was pretty strong. Uh, I think though, what made Elspeth so ridiculous was her second ability was also a plus one, and uh, also had a pr- was a pretty good ability. But this is interesting how you get the emblems, and the emblems stack, so you can go play it, put a one one into play. Uh, next turn, get an emblem. Next turn, get another emblem. So you've got two emblems, giving your creatures plus one, plus zero. Um, and as we know, emblems, you can't really affect them with anything. They're just there, and they last for the rest of the game. And uh, did you see that they're actually included in packs?
1: Yes, the emblem. It's awesome. It's like Sorin zoomed in. ha ha, Coming out of the Planeswalker symbol.
0: Yeah, so uh, Sorin's emblem is in packs of *Darkest Ascension, so you can... Uh, you can use those, or you can go to uh, Inkwell Looter's page and print out some of his, some of his emblems. He's already got a Soren emblem. Nice. Uh, if you if you prefer the that style of uh, of art, so that's cool.
1: So we have a small set, Mythic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Four mana, planeswalker that protects itself with a creature uh, that has effects that last the entire game and mm-hmm. has a really sick ultimate. This is a five-tool Planeswalker. This is going to be, like, as expensive as Jace was, I think.
0: Really? I don't... I'm not that impressed. For one thing, it's two colors, and it's two colors... Two enemy colors that don't tend to always get, uh, put together. Think about the decks that play black-white right now in Standard. It's really not many. Only, uh... What I mean, you can just say Esper Control is the only one I can think of. There aren't any other black-white decks or decks that play black-white. Just Esper Control or Solar Flare, whatever you want to call it. Um, doesn't mean there can't be. No, it doesn't mean there can't be. I don't I mean, mean there's a white. Be. There's an entire.
1: I mean, like just the emblem is huge, and there's an entire like like you know white-based creature decks are rampant. You know what I mean? Like being able to get this perm- and people are running honor of the pure.
0: Right. You know what no, I he's, mean? He's definitely good here. I think my, what I'm trying to say is that I don't – only certain kinds of decks want him, right?
1: Right. But control but decks don't really decks, want him. Right, but those certain kind of decks are every deck in standard right now.
0: Sort of, but every deck in standard that you're talking about doesn't play black. Now they need to stretch their mana base. So that it's that can change things well i'm I don't think it's that hard. I think there add are some gonna be dark effects.
1: slick shores add some of that black white land I can't remember the name of
0: the uh uh isolated chapel, yes, um
1: you know, some of those some dark slick shores or drowned catacombs, and you're pretty much good to go with the blue yeah. whites
0: Well, I'm saying people are gonna build around Sorin, but he's not Jace. I think he's more like Tezzeret. um I think he's he's two different colors. And it's not, they're not ally colors, which I think makes a difference. Uh, we do have the, the lands. You can stretch them out of base. It works. But I'm just trying to say he's not hes not Jace. He's not Elspeth. I think he falls more into Koth, Tezzeret territory, where a certain kind of deck wants him, aggro, aggro decks. And they have to be aggro decks that play white and black. So it's not like he goes in every aggro deck either. Uh, Tempered Steel probably doesn't play him unless they... Stretch their mana base again you know it's, it's all it's all a stretch to include him, so uh, he's awesome, but he's not jace, <laughs> and i don't think he's elspeth either
1: um, well he's not i mean he doesn't have four abilities, so i mean you're, you're probably right on that point, but right. i don't see him dropping below the sixty dollar price tag he has right now for a long time
0: yeah i think uh, I think he dropped in my opinion i think he i, I don't think he's even I kind of feel like Liliana may even be better, you know. And Liliana only started at thirty-five, went up to like seventy because of states, and then dropped. Um, but I, yeah, I'm. I could be wrong. This is just me feeling, my, you know. I don't want Soren. There's an example like right there. I don't even want him because I don't really feel like it's the kind of decks that I want to play. So that that's an example of a player who's not even trying to play Soren. I don't even. I'm not going to contribute to the this demand for this card, you know. Right. Um, but yes, he's cool. He's I'm I'm very happy with him. I just am not that keen on playing him myself. Um, this card seems pretty sick. It's uh, another Mythic Rare. It costs three blue and a black uh, for a 4-4. Four, four. Creature Zombie Wizard. Pay one. You may cast target creature card from a graveyard this turn. When you cast that card this turn, having Ghoul Lich gains all activated abilities of that card until end of turn. Um that's just being able to just recast your creatures seems ridiculous. What if, you know, having this guy and just replaying Titans or, you know, anything, it just seems so strong.
1: Um, right. I now, mean, it doesn't have triggered abilities. So, um, having gul- Gulich, I mean, like, Right, right. I think, I think that the the first part of this sentence is going to be the mainly relevant part of it.
0: You mean the first sentence of the uh, of the, the first ability? sentence
1: of the ability, yeah. yes. Right. Um, that, I mean, because it only gains activated abilities. It doesn't get, like, any, like, triggers or anything like that. It just, you know, doesn't get... The, yeah. uh, the keyword abilities. Right.
0: Right. It just gets activated abilities. I agree. Uh, it's a very – the second half of it is very like a Johnny card. Like uh, it's ve- it's very much a card that you build around so you put a bunch of creatures in your deck. You can build around this card and put a bunch of creature in your, creatures in your deck that have a lot of activated abilities and then you can do some crazy things that way. But I think just his basic pay one – and get to cast a creature out of your graveyard is is the strongest part of this card.
1: Can I, I'm going to read the card that uh, Wes uh, is most excited about. Okay. Um, Huntmaster of the Fells. Um, Huntmaster of the Fells is a 2-2 two, two human werewolf for a green, a red, and two. He's a mythic rare. Whenever this creature enters the battlefield or transforms into Huntmaster of the Fells... Put a 2-2 two, two green wolf creature token onto the battlefield, and you gain two life. Uh, and then it has the t- typical werewolf transform. Um, and then it transforms into Ravager of the Fells. It's a 4-4 four, four trample. Whenever this creature transforms into Ravager of the Fells, it deals two damage to target opponent and two damage to up to one target creature that player controls. So this is just, like...
0: Absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous
1: keeps like gaining you advantage just flips and kills stuff uh flips back gives you another wolf you know it's just crazy
0: yeah it's a card where you're you're happy for it to flip back which is rare you know like that's not something you see with these werewolves usually you don't want them to flip back and in this case this guy's just like you know first he comes out kind of like a bloodbraid elf right he's a two two for four not haste or anything but uh you get another you get a another card, which is just a 2-2 two, two wolf, and gain two life. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, that you just got four power and two life for four mana, and then, oh, if he flips, I'm gonna kill your guy and do two to you. And, uh, attack. <laughs> you know, kill your, kill your blocker, do two to you, attack. You know, then, oh, oh no, he flipped back, oh, I get another dude and, uh, and two life. It's just... I'm a little – I don't know. This card is really, really cool. I'm very excited about this card. I can't see myself playing it, but it is the kind of card where I'd go, hmm, I just kind of want to build just to play with it because it seems so much fun. It seems like so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. There's a, a new hate bear. Uh, Thalia, Garden of Thraben for a white and one for a 2 first strike. Uh, non-creature spells cost one more to cast. It's a legendary creature, human soldier, rare. Uh, just, just another in a long line of hate bears. Yep. I would definitely hate to see this, but I guess my doom blades cost. Uh, my doom blade for it costs a black and two.
1: Yep, <laughs> this
0: is basically what it's basically what's going to come. Dark,
1: down to. Ba- uh, dark banishing. Yeah,
0: my Doomblades are dark banishing. but you know my first Doomblade is a dark banishing, I guess, because right. it's gone. Now but we it's, haven't it's- we haven't seen a lot of blue cards. We've only had five blue cards spoiled, which is, um, you know, I, I think it was this way. I think for Innistrad or another recent set where I felt like I'm waiting for the blue cards, and it's the the you know the color with the least card spoiled. Green has nine spoiled. Um blue only has five. But one of the blue cards we've seen is kind of it's another Johnny card, I think. It's beguiler of wills. Costs blue blue three for a one one, creature human wizard, and it's a mythic rare. And you get, you tap it to gain control of target creature with power less than or equal to the number of creatures you control. So not very much not the kind of blue card I want to see because I'm probably not playing a lot of creatures. Right. But another card where you can kind of build a build around it. To where you have a bunch of creatures and then just tapping it to gain control of a creature. Now, what seems crazy to me, it doesn't say like as long as this is tapped. Right. So you just like steal that, untap, steal that, untap. Meanwhile, as you're gaining – as you're getting creatures, as you're gaining control of creatures, now you can gain control of something just a little bit bigger because you just got another creature. You know, and... It's
1: just just number of creatures. It's not number of blue creatures or anything.
0: No, it's just number of creatures you control.
1: So if you have Ink Moth Nexus, you could activate those. You could activate uh, Moreland Haunt. Like, there's a number of ways you could just, like, get creatures on the board to steal creatures. Yeah. Um, And also you could play creatures.
0: Yeah, Um, right. It's it's an interesting... uh, It's a neat card. I like it.
1: You could, um... You could, uh... Activate it in response to a block on a Geist of Saint Draft.
0: <laughs> so, so they
1: block Geist, and then you gain control of the creature they blocked with.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they'd walk right into that, but I guess they just block. No, probably because,
1: not. But like, I I'm guess they block
0: just because they assume you're going to take the guy anyway.
1: Or I'm saying that yeah. Well, or I'm saying that like they are uh, yeah. They they prevent the two damage. But you get you can activate it at that time because you get that extra creature. I'm just thinking of, like, times where there are, like, extra creatures on the board. I don't oh, know.
0: I see what you're saying. So, like, what you, you could actually what you'd want to do there is declare the the Geist as an attacker. The angel comes into play. Then steal their blocker.
1: Right. That's what, you what I'm saying. What I mean? Just because you have the extra creature. I'm just thinking of...
0: Like, yeah. No, I see where you're thinking. But I don't think you can even... You, I think you can do that so they don't even get to declare it as a blocker. Right. Because you get the angel. And, uh... And then you can, you can steal the uh, steal their, any blockers, any potential blockers, just with one more power, right? So you'd have you'd have Beguiler and you'd have Geist, and then you'd get the Angel so you could steal something with three power, just just off of those, right? Those two creatures. That sounds pretty sick, um, pretty pretty fun. We've got a new uh, Micaeus. Yeah. Talk about this because this looks like right up your alley.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. Um, I think he's a really good. Uh commander potentially too, but Great. I'm I'm not gonna change my stuff around. So Macaius the Unhollowed. He's uh he costs a lot more than the original Micaeus. <laughs> uh he's a he's a five five for three black and three. Legendary creature, zombie cleric, uh mythic rare. Uh he's Intimidate, which makes him a good general. That's why I was saying because Intimidate's just a you know Evasion's good on a commander. Right. Um, whenever a human deals damage to you, destroy it. Um, other non-human creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and have undying, which is pretty nuts.
0: Yeah, that seems really, really kind of scary. Um,
1: I like this with Shriek Maul.
0: <laughs> somebody mentioned in Commander, I guess uh, you could do this, where you tooth and nail for Micchaeus and Triskelion. And Triskelion removes uh, removes a counter to deal a damage to the opponent, and then remove two counters to kill itself, and then it comes back, because it gets undying, <laughs> and comes back and you just over and over and over again.
1: Wait, But if it gets plus one, plus one, it can't kill, kill itself. Right, but you
0: remove all the counters.
1: No, but it gets plus one, plus one from Micaiah's.
0: I don't know. Aaron Forsythe so, it, it, with all, with, so with I would all think the Aaron counters, would got it right.
1: <laughs> with all the counters off of it, it's still a one-one.
0: Right, but you right. Shoot, it's shooting itself.
1: Oh, you shoot it. Yeah, it's, oh, it's okay. killing itself, right. You actually just shoot it for the last damage. That makes sense, okay.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, right, because it, you tooth and nail for it, so it's casting cost, doesn't matter, but you tooth and nail for Triskelion, Micaeus. Triskelion enters the battlefield with three plus one, plus one counters on it, and, you, and it's a one-one already. Um, so it's a four-four. Remove a plus one, plus one counter deal one damage to target creature or player. So you shoot your opponent, right? So now it's got a, it's a 2-2 right now, right? Triskelion's a 2-2 and has two plus one, plus one counters on it left. So it uses those two to shoot itself, but it has Undying. So it comes back with uh, with a plus one, plus one counter from Micchaeus and the other three plus one, plus one counters on it that it automatically enters with. So it's got four. So it's a 6-6, uh, remove, I guess, two to shoot the opponent, and then two to kill itself again, and just over and over again. So it's a nice little infinite combo off of Tooth and Nail. Infinite damage right. combo. Uh, I just saw Aaron Forsythe tweet that, I think, and I thought it was cool. Um, how about these uh, enemy enemy lands, enemy color activated ability lands? Vault yeah. Eight, we only have one.
1: And it's black-white.
0: Yeah. So Vault of the Archangel is a rare land. Tap it mm. to add one to your mana pool. Um, tap Soren's mana cost, which is <laughs> black white two, and tap it. Creatures you control gain death touch and lifelink until end of turn.
1: That's pretty nuts.
0: This seems really good. Again, pushing a lot of creatures. But I mean you could just have one big guy and and just give it death touch and lifelink. Uh what about Inferno Titan? <laughs> I mean, like attack, kill that, kill that, kill that. Gain three, swing for six, gain six.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking even like, um, but the only problem with that is it's not really in the colors.
0: No, it's not. But, <laughs> but I'm thinking you know.
1: like, it is a way, uh, like if in a pure steel deck to, uh, y- you know, to use your mortar pods really effectively.
0: Yeah, I mean, just trying to think of ways to break these cards. Sure.
1: <laughs> Um, I, I can think of a way to break Hellrider.
0: All right.
1: Um, Hellrider is a 3-3 three, three haste. It's a devil. Creature devil. It's a, it's a rare. It's two red and two. Whenever a creature you control attacks, Hellrider deals one damage to defending player. So that includes him. So basically he's swinging for four when he drops down. Right. Um, the way that I was thinking of breaking him is playing a bunch of creatures.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Play a bunch Thanks. of creatures.
1: What about this? What about this uh, Dredge uh, Killer here?
0: Yeah, this is I think the last card we're going to talk about, uh, and this was the one I mentioned earlier because I think it has applications in all formats. Uh, Graft Digger's Cage costs one. It's an artifact, rare. Creature cards can't enter the battlefield from graveyards or libraries. Players can't cast cards in graveyards or libraries, so. Kills Dredge. Kills Flashback. Kills Green Sun Zenith. Uh, kills... What is that worm that when you're searching your library, you can put it into play from it? Kills that. <laughs> that that people... Panglacial worm? Yeah. This is Panglacial killer here.
1: You can um, cast it, I think. I think you have to cast it from your library. But you can't
0: cast cards in graveyards or libraries. Right. It's it's a great target for a... as a, You can have it like as a one-of with Trinket Mage package. Um... It just seems like it has applications in every format now because people are playing. Uh, well, obviously, legacy. There's all kinds of graveyard stuff. Reanimator's dead. You know, if this is in play, it's just wow. another graveyard hoser. But it's it's a pretty strong one, and I think one of the uh,
1: best ones I think I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, and the artwork's great too. I love I love that. It's just a cage over a uh, casket. Yeah. Uh, this this actually makes me think. Two things uh which are kind of related, one, as I think we've been saying, there's got to be a flashback deck now right you know, we've got we've got the Burning vengeance card already, and now we've got secrets of the Dead to kind of help that along um, just really works you know the the whole flashback mechanic is getting a lot of uh kind of just a lot of cards to help it out. And I think this is the nice, like, safety valve for that deck. It's very narrow. I mean, think about this against Wolf Run Ramp. Like, basically, Greens on Zenith is is the only card it affects, I think. And I'm just talking current iterations of Wolf Run Ramp, though. So who knows how things could change. But uh, this also hoses Undying. Yep. So there's that. Uh, but another thing, and I think Medina said this on Twitter, Um there this could mean that we're gonna get some pretty strong things, you know, down the road in standard that come out of come out of the graveyard into play. Like th- this kind of safety valve gives wizards the opportunity to print something pretty strong. You know what I mean? Yeah, because right. this exists. Uh I think you know, this is a card that everybody's gonna need uh four of. and it's a rare it's selling on Star City right now for seven ninety nine, uh the pre-order price. It is just a rare, so it's not going to be so difficult to get, especially in a small set as far as, like, your chances of, of opening it in a pack.
1: Right, but it didn't stop Stoneforge from being $30 at one point. But... No,
0: but think about when that was, though. It was long after a World War II was yeah. not printed, right. So, you know, people like me who kept opening them in packs... I was just like, come on, another Stoneforge Mystic. But then when they went up, I went, ooh, I'm selling all my Stoneforge Mystics for $20. So <laughs> I kept four and then uh, sold the other eight I had, I think. Um, but yeah, this is likely to make an impact right off the bat. And I wonder if this kind of thing uh, makes mental missteps see more and more play main deck. Because if you if you're playing that flashback deck... If you are playing Snapcaster Mage, even you know that hoses Snapcaster, right? It just hoses flashback. It just seems like it's gonna. This card's gonna have the biggest impact as far as across formats that we've seen, and yeah. uh, uh, I think this is the number one pickup right now. I well, am not necessarily pick it up right now, but this is a card that you are gonna want to make sure you get because it also, again, being an artifact, goes in any deck. You know, it, it's like a pithing needle kind of card. Right, so I'm really excited to see what other uh, what the other enemy color lands do, and um, some more blue cards. That's that's what I'm hoping to see soon because we really haven't yeah. seen many.
1: I wonder what a yeah what a blue red land would do.
0: Right, that's what I was thinking about too because that's uh, blue red and blue green are the ones that I'm obviously most interested in. So uh, you mentioned earlier uh, about one of the full art cards. Were you going to talk? Did you did you have? that information in front of you?
1: Uh, Well, I don't have the information in front of me, but I know about it. Um, So uh, for the game day Mm -hmm. for Dark Ascension, the uh, top eight card is uh, Zombie Apocalypse. So it's a full art foil. Now, one thing I don't really like about it is that the full art foil has a translucent text box. Have you seen this?
0: I don't think so. Do you have, you don't have it in front of you. So I, I well,
1: you would need to look at it.
0: I great, mean, well, that's I, I meant for you to send, you to link me. That was, the, Oh
1: no, I don't have it in front of me.
0: <laughs> I wasn't I'm thinking like, you could like describe it to me. It's like, well, if
1: I look at it, you can look through my eyes. Um, I don't think it's that attractive, but it's still the one I want. Like the art is awesome. The art is just like straight out of dead rising or something.
0: Which it's- makes sense considering it's Zombie Apocalypse. Okay, here it is. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Strangle Geist is the Geist uh, is the other promo for game day, I think. And uh, Zombie Apocalypse oh, – let's see. Let me just actually click it. Um, so yeah, the participation one is Strangle Root Geist and Zombie Apocalypse is the top eight one. But yeah, it's weird. Instead of being – I mean I guess it's technically full art but it does have – it's kind of blocked off by like a translucent text box. Right. Although I do have to say I like this better than the the ones – the previous ones that were like this where they had uh, like Doran and Mutavolt where there was no text box but the text was there kind of just hovering over it. Um, I like
1: – I thought that was fine.
0: I didn't like that because I'd rather it just be textless. If you're going to print like a full art card, I just want it to be full art. Get this text out of my way. But if you're going to put the text there, I guess I'd rather it have a little bit of structure. I do understand putting text on cards for the sake of having the text on the card. But then again, you've seen them print cards like well, cryptic command as a textless. So, I don't know what could get more complicated than right. something like cryptic command. So, why they needed to print the text on something as simple as something as like mute I think it's worth keeping the the textless cards textless. And uh but I do appreciate the structure of the text box of the the translucent text box if they're going to use these if they're going to put text on it that's that's what i'm saying so this weekend we have the star city games open series in dc and next weekend of course is the Dark Ascension pre-release yay gosh i can't believe how fast this set i maybe it's just because they withheld the spoilers for so long and it felt like, where are the spoilers? Where are the spoilers? And then they started flooding us with spoilers, and now it's just like, boom, here's the set. You know, here's the pre release. It's, it's like a week and a half away. Seems like, uh, just, it kind of just popped up out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, well, so, that's nice. I mean, like, I'd rather, like, get the pre release out of the way, you know?
0: Well, yeah, exactly. I'm excited to get the set. I want the cards. I want the, the format to keep evolving. I want to see how, uh, I want to see more cards. Yeah. More cards.
1: More cards <laughs> in our format, please.
0: Yeah, so very cool. Um I guess that's everything. Anything else we wanted to mention?
1: That's all I got, man.
0: Alright. We are yo MTG Taps.
1: Show we are.